Thabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, we'll start off by going over to England uh, to get reaction on how they're feeling ahead of their quarterfinal against France on Saturday night at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. And uh, Jim White, columnist at The Telegraph, uh, joins us on the line. Jim, good evening and thank you very much for being able to speak to us in South Africa tonight. No problem, Teresa. I'm actually in Qatar. I'm not oh, in excuse me, excuse me. He's actually, he's actually in Qatar. We're so used to speaking to you in the UK. Thanks, Jim. Good, good to hear that you're in Qatar. How are things in, in Qatar? Because a lot was said ahead of this World Cup, but it seems like everything is going well, especially on the field of play. Yes, it's been excellent. Uh, the matches have been really, really very good. There's been some terrific uh, contests um, going on. I've, I've seen some really good performances by the African teams, actually. I saw Senegal a couple of times. Unfortunately, I thought they came unstuck against England. Uh, England were just too strong for them, and they were really missing players, Mane and and, and Idrissa Gay. Um, I saw Ghana, unfortunately, go out to Uruguay um, earlier in the weekend. Uh, but I tell you what, I think Morocco have a real chance of overturning Spain. Um, I, re- I really do. I, I, I've, I've been very impressed by Morocco. And um, I, I think they could make the biggest upset of the tournament so far. Yeah, and I think that's the feeling also here on the continent that Morocco, uh, even before the tournament, probably had our best chance of making it far in this one. And to think that they topped that group, uh, so anything can happen at this stage. But with England's win over Senegal, Ajim, what would have impressed you the most with that performance? It surprised me. Uh, Senegal, as you know, are a very good side. They're strong, they're, 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 they're aggressive, they press very, very well. And England just seemed to wipe them aside Um, and I think what impressed me most was some individual performances I thought Jude Bellingham um, in central midfield looks like a Rolls-Royce of a player Um, he's only 19 years old you have to remind yourself of that you know because he looks so mature so excellent Um, Phil Foden is another real quality player coming through the Manchester City uh, midfielder and I think that England just They've got a very good big game mentality, which they've learned over the past few years under Gareth Southgate. Got to the semi-final of the last World Cup, got to the final of the Euros. They now know how to do it. And I think they play the game very, very well. You mentioned Jude Belling. Unfortunately, we've been able to see a lot of him here in South Africa because of the Bundesliga being on our SABC Sport channels. But, but what does it bring to this England team? I think what he brings in midfield is so often we say, oh, he's a defensive midfielder or, oh, he's an attacking midfielder. And maybe you could make the comparison between Jordan Henderson as the defensive midfielder or Calvin Phillips as the defensive midfielder, James Madison as the attacking midfielder. Bellingham is both. He's a real genuine box-to-box midfielder. He's in the mode of... For those listeners uh, with longer memories, Brian Robson, who played for England in the 1980s and used to just tear up games on his own. He's very athletic. He's very strong, but he's also got great match intelligence. And I I think, as you've seen in in the Bundesliga, he's he's just a guy. He's a young guy with 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 an old guy's head on his shoulders. He's got a superb temperament. Um, I may be overstating it. I don't think so. I suspect that when he moves from Borussia Dortmund next summer, 
uh, when his contract is up. I think he may well break the world record transfer fee. Well, he did break Birmingham's record when they sold him to Dortmund. And if I remember his story correctly, I think the money was so much that they even retired his jersey uh, because of, of, what they, <laughs> of what they made of, uh, out of him. But how did the England teams miss him early on, um, uh, Jim? Was there any talk about him at, the, at that stage or did he come into prominence when he moved to the Bundesliga? Yeah, I think he, I, I mean, he he only, he moved to the Bundesliga, you know, when he's 17, you know, I think they were very aware of him. And Gareth Southgate has given him 20 caps. Um, he's first gave him a cap in 2020 uh, when he was just turning 18. So I, th- I think they've known about him for a long time. But what he's done at this World Cup is make himself absolutely undroppable. He's now the central player um, in the England team. And uh, Declan Rice alongside him is a, is a mm. really good foil for him, those two. And now he's playing Jordan Henderson as well. It makes England very powerful in midfield. And I think they'll need to be against France. They'll need to dominate midfield. You mentioned Phil Foden earlier on. And in the, in the early games, there seemed to be no space for him in, in this team. Why, why do you think he was not featuring at that stage? I think... Um, I think... Gareth Southgate was very, very loyal to Raheem Sterling. And that meant that with Kane and Sterling there, there was only place for one other player. He likes Bukayo Saka, and rightly so. Saka is a player of great pace and enthusiasm. And there seemed to be only one place for him. Sterling, unfortunately, has had to go back to England. And I think that that has meant there is two places. And Foden has really grabbed one of those places so i i think we're now looking at kane uh foden and one other uh up front maybe it'll be saka maybe it'll be rashford maybe it'll be grealish goodness uh, um, Gareth Southgate's got some great choices to make. <laughs> yeah, and without singling out too many players, Jim White, but Harry Maguire's also had a good tournament here, hasn't he? Why are we seeing a different Maguire in the national team? Because his form hasn't been that great for his club. His form has been very poor for Manchester United, and I think that he was bad all last season. He was very nervous. He was. It, it, it just wasn't working for him. Um, change of manager over the summer. I think the new manager has come in and got his own ideas as to who he wants. Lissandro Martinez, who uh, we all saw making the tackle of the tournament for Argentina, uh, has come into the United back line, along with Rafa Varane, who is also going to be up against England um, on Saturday. So I think Maguire was squeezed out a little at the start. And I think he's thrived on the confidence that... Um, that, that, that Gareth Southgate has shown in him. Gareth Southgate says, you're my man, I'm going to stick by you. And I think he's really relished that. He's also physically fit now. I think he's had awful lot of in- niggling injuries in the, in the past year. And that combination of confidence and physical fitness, uh, that's what we're seeing uh, on the pitch at the moment. Maguire has been excellent, but make no bones about it. He is going to be up against it on um, on Saturday because... Olivier Giroud um, has had a great World Cup so far and he'll really test Maguire because he's such an intelligent player, Giroud. His movement off the ball and so on. He's going to move Maguire around the pitch and it's going to be a big test for him on Saturday.
And of course, there's still the small matter of Kylian Mbappe, but we'll talk about him after the break. We are speaking to Jim White, columnist at the Telegraph. He joins us live from Qatar. We're just looking at some of the teams that have made it to the quarterfinals of the FIFA World Cup. And we're talking about England now. After that, we'll go over and talk about France and their team. We do welcome your reaction, 061-4104-107. And we have gone into the second period of extra time in the game between Japan and Croatia. Still 1-1 there. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, still speaking to Jim White. Jim, may, maybe now can you give us what's the latest on Raheem Sterling's situation? We know he went back home, but what are the exact reasons? And is he expected to go back to Qatar? It's an odd one, this, because we heard initially um, that his family had been in the house um, when uh, some raiders had attacked, armed raiders um, had attacked. And um, Gareth Southgate gave him time to go back to England, but it now seems that there wasn't anybody in the house. Um, but obviously, there's still a sense of disturbance and, and, and so on. So Sterling has gone back. We haven't actually heard yet when he's going to be due back. And I suspect with the time lag and everything else and the fact that Gareth Southgate is very careful about these things, that may mean he won't be included for Saturday's game. We haven't had confirmation of that yet. Um, but I think it's it, it's so much in the air, probably he won't be playing on Saturday. Sure, okay. He's, and he's the second player to leave the camp now, the other being Ben White, and we were told he won't be returning to Qatar. Would you know if it's for similar reasons? Uh, I don't think there was a robbery involved. I, I, I think there was a, some sort of domestic issue. Um, one of the things that you have to say about Gareth Southgate uh, since he's been England manager is he makes the squad really united. There are there's very few leaks to um, um, to journalists about things that are going on behind the scenes. Everybody seems to enjoy being there. And one of the things that I think has really changed is all of them want to be together for as long as possible. So I don't think you could read into this that there's some sort of rift behind the scenes in the camp. I think these are very personal reasons and i would imagine with both players they'd much rather be here than not and and now with the issue of raheem maybe is there no fear amongst the players that they could also be targeted now that they are away by these robbers because it's not the first time we hear of incidents like this no it's a real issue for um uh the the players because several reasons um you know they know where they are they know they're all in qatar they know they're away from home and and in many cases they know their partners are with them because we see in the newspapers pictures of the partners watching matches and so they know that the property is going to be empty and they also know that the property is probably going to have stuff in it that is very valuable watches um televisions uh, cars and, and that makes it a, an easy target. And they tend to know where they live because, you know, if they're living in a, 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 a part of a, a, a city uh, in England, you know, most of the players will tend to live in the same part of the city. So, you know, they are very easy targets. And I wonder, I would imagine their clubs are getting more sophisticated about this and making sure that they have security. Although it seems that Sterling didn't. 
But you've mentioned Gary Southgate has kept the team together. They've remained focused on the job at hand. He's done a, a sterling job here at Gary Southgate, reaching the semis in 2018, like you said, in the final of Euro 2020. Do you think, Jim, he gets the recognition that he deserves? Because there was talk before the tournament that, that some fans were not happy with him. It's a, it's a really odd one, this, uh, to be so, because I think it's a social media thing. I think on social media, there's a lot of discontent uh, with Gareth Southgate. He's written to be overcautious. He's written not to allow this great surfeit of attacking talent he's got. It's it's proper head in, in competitions. Uh, and, and there has been a, a lot of... Um, negative stuff on social media however i think this tournament uh, england have played very very well albeit they had a poor game against the united states i think the game against senegal will have really convinced people that this is a manager who does know what he's doing and yes he can be cautious but in a competition context that's not a bad thing and look we were all very pleased with Sven Goran Eriksson back in the noughties when he got to England to got England to three successive quarterfinals. That was regarded as quite a successful performance. Well, Southgate has blown that out the water. You know, he he is he has really put England on a progression. Now people say, yeah, so he should. He's got great players. But the point about getting great players is to mix them into a great team. And what is interesting about this England side is they have terrific players, but what they don't seem to have is a huge number of big egos. We're not talking Ronaldo or Neymar. Uh, These are not players who are demanding that they play every minute and getting into terrible tempers uh, when they're not. They are players who trust the manager's judgment. And I think that is a real symbol of how good a manager uh, Gareth Southgate is. So is there a real belief then, Jim White, that it's coming home? <laughs> the big question to be so. Uh, listen, everybody, nobody is underestimating France. They're the world champions. They're the best team in the world. And in my opinion, yes, I mentioned Messi. Yes, I mentioned Neymar. Yes, I mentioned Ronaldo. But in my opinion, they've got the best player in the world in Kylian Mbappe, who is also on sizzling form. It's not going to be easy. And also, of course... There's a lot of people saying, oh, well, if we beat France, we've won the World Cup. But forgetting that Argentina, Brazil, mm. um, Portugal are still in the competition. It, it, it isn't going to be easy. Um, but that's the point of the World Cup, isn't it? I mean, you, if you're going to win it, you're going to have to beat the best teams. Um, I'm a pessimist, naturally, to be so, so I'm not sure it's coming home, no. But do you think they can beat France? <laughs> they can beat France. It is possible they beat France. They've got a good enough team to beat France. I'll tell you something interesting uh, to be so that Kyle Walker, uh, the right back for England, um, very carefully brought back to fitness. He wasn't really fully fit when he went out to Qatar. He's been brought back to fitness by Southgate, played him in the earlier games, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, then got a full game um, against Senegal. Kyle Walker has twice marked Kylian Mbappe out of the game when playing for Manchester City against PSG in the Champions League. He absolutely had him in his pocket in the Champions League semi-final a couple of seasons ago. If he does that again, then I think England have a real chance.
Okay. And then finally, on, on social media, somebody's asking, how are the England fans co- coping in Qatar without beer? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the critical question. I actually, <laughs> funny enough, I was doing some interviews today and I met an England fan who said, I said, how's it going? He says, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great, apart from the drinking. So I said, well, what's, what do you mean by that? He said, well, it's good for my liver, but it's not good for my supporting. Yeah. Um, I think the England fans do like a drink. Um, but um, they're not getting one here, so that's that. I mean, you can get a beer here, but it mm. is terribly expensive. Um, and, you know, the, the, the traditional manner in which the England fans will gather at a pub and put all their flags out and start singing and so on, that's not going to happen. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a slightly different England support here. I think a lot of the people who are watching England are expats living in Dubai, living in Saudi, who've travelled the short distance uh, to come to Qatar. I'm not sure how many people are coming over from England. And one of the reasons they're probably not coming is that they can't get a drink when they get here. <laughs> okay. And and finally, Jim, besides England, and you've also mentioned Morocco as your pick of the African teams, which, which other team would you say has impressed you in this World Cup? Or is it France? <laughs> Very impressed by Japan. What's the score there? Are they still, still in it? I think yeah. Japan- Still one one. Terrific, terrific um, team spirit. I'm very impressed by them. Um, Brazil look good. Uh, Casimiro, what a player he is, and they've got like England an awful lot of a, um, attacking variation. They've got a bench stuffed with brilliant attackers. Um, although they're missing Neymar, he, who, who's injured. I, I think Brazil look very good. I'm not sure about Argentina. You know, I thought they were quite lucky against Australia and they lost to Saudi before. I think they've got a defeat um, pretty pretty certain coming up. I mean, I think, listen, this is probably a bit rude to everybody else, but I think France against England would have been the best final. <laughs> and okay, I know I said finally, but this is the last one. We never got your thoughts on Ronaldo, Jim White. What have you made of all this drama, and what does the future hold for Ronaldo now that it's confirmed that he's leaving Man United? It's very sad. I love Ronaldo. I think he's a was an absolute giant of the game, but he has deteriorated as a force really rapidly. Really. Strangely, because he's still in great physical shape, but somehow it's not working for him. And at United, he, he, he couldn't buy a goal. And it's the same at this uh, tournament. And interestingly, uh, the Portuguese manager has played him throughout the tournament. Mm. So he didn't rest him when he rested everybody else. Portugal had already qualified with two wins. Third game, he kept Ronaldo in there. But Ronaldo complained when he came off the pitch. <laughs> after 65 minutes for Portugal um, he was being <laughs> yes he complained and today at the Portuguese press conference for the first time in the seven years that he's been Portuguese manager he come he actually made a complaint about Ronaldo and mm. said that it wasn't his behavior wasn't good enough so I wonder maybe Ronaldo won't be playing in the quarterfinal we shall see. Whew, that'll be a big call there from Santos. But thanks for speaking to us, um, uh, Jim. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup in Qatar. Lovely to speak to you. All the best.
Thank you, Jim White, there, uh, who is a, a columnist for The Telegraph, joining us all the way live from uh, Qatar, uh, where he is uh, not only just following England, of course, but covering the whole uh, tournament there. And he's just told us that Fernando Santos is now not happy with Cristiano Ronaldo's behavior in the Portugal camp. Okay, this doesn't sound uh, good. But will he have the guts to drop Ronaldo, though, for a big match? Let's see. We'll find out, I guess, tomorrow because uh, Portugal will be in action again uh, tomorrow in the last uh, 16 of the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. It is um, still 1-1. Oh, they've gone to penalties now. Jeez, they've gone to penalties uh, between uh, Croatia and Japan at the FIFA World Cup. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, let's get now some a sense of how they are feeling in France with their team through to the quarterfinals. They've been very impressive. They've caught their eye and they face England on a Saturday night in uh, that big last eight match. And Jeremy Smith, French football writer, joins us on the line. Jeremy, uh, good evening and thanks for speaking to us tonight in South Africa. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Jeremy. How's the feeling in France uh, uh, after the team qualified for the quarterfinals? Um, I think sort of cautiously optimistic and, and sort of feeling better all the time. I think at the start of the World Cup, because there were so many injuries, um, so much of the, the sort of first choice lineup was, was out and those coming in were so inexperienced. Mm. I think a lot of people thought we're, we're not really sure where we're at with this team, how far they're capable of going. Um, but so far, everyone seems to have kind of bedded into the the team spirit very well you've got the the front four who are all doing what they do best um really well they're working together well and of course in Mbappe you've got someone who almost on his own can can win a match whenever he feels like it so so far so good but I think the the quarter final is a big step up from everything they face so far yeah, and and what, what what do you say the expectations were before or after the injuries of this France team before the tournament? <clears throat> the official line was that you know France being defending champions and the the kind of players they've got, everyone was kind of saying anything below quarter final, maybe semi final, is is a disappointment and a failure. But then I think you know as players were were dropping like flies, we sort of knew for a while that Pogba and Conte weren't going to be there. But then when you're losing Kunku and Menyon and Benzema, obviously, on the eve of the tournament, it, it causes you to really sort of revisit things. Um, so, uh, you know, no one was kind of making any official predictions, but um, I think certainly people were thinking, you know, we're, we're, we're not amongst the favourites now. And even L'Equipe, the, the, the daily French sports paper, is still not making France one of the outright favourites. Um, but all you can do is what you know, beat what is in front of you. And so far, France have looked impressive. The only blip, I guess, is the Tunisia match, where although it wasn't France's first team, I think mm. that the big issue was that it showed that there's a huge gap between um, the team that are sort of starting the matches and, and those falling behind. So if uh, if any if there were to be sort of one or two injuries to the first team, I think France could be in real trouble. <laughs> You mentioned Mbappe earlier on. He stood up and he's being counted now. W- would you say there's an over-reliance on him uh, just because of the magic that he can produce? Because even the manager said after the game, um, the last game, that um, I mean, he does things that they don't think are possible. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say over-reliance. You, you look at the, the front four, Griezmann, who's, even though he's dropping back, he's still pulling all the strings. Giroud, who obviously has got three goals already this tournament and broken the French goal-scoring record. Dembele, who can be very frustrating, but um, is also a, a, a match winner on his day. So I think there are other people there who can win it. But obviously, usually for a team to, to go on to win a big trophy, they need a little bit of luck and they need a real star player at the top of his game. And that's what Mbappe is. Um, you know, arguably he hasn't even sort of been playing at his best for kind of 90 minutes through and through, but he's still got five goals and two assists, which shows what kind of player he is and what he's capable of doing if he just switches on for a few seconds at a time. So I wouldn't say over-reliance, but maybe, you know, the things that he can do mean that France can maybe get away with with a, a poor performance here and there because somehow he'll still find a way to, to score a goal or two. Okay, well, it's all happening in that uh, last 16 match between Japan and Croatia. Three penalties have been taken so far. Japan went up first. They've missed both of their penalties and Croatia have scored their only penalty uh, so far. They are about to go up next now for a chance to make it a 2-0. Both of Japan's penalties have been saved by the goalkeeper. Jeremy, there's also Olivia, Olivia Giroud, who's now the country's all-time leading goal scorer. That could have surprised a lot of people. Um... But sometimes it's the forgotten man. Sometimes he gets mocked. People don't un- understand his role. And maybe some will say if Benzema was fit, he wouldn't even be starting. But why is he still such a vital cog of this team? And how's the feeling about his him, him being the all-time goal scorer now? I think and hope that he's finally getting the, the appreciation that he deserves. Um, he he definitely would not be starting if Benzema was fit. There's There's no doubt about that. But I think it's almost a blessing in disguise, actually, for France, because um, I think as we saw in Euro 2021, it's quite difficult to fit Benzema and Mbappe into the same team. They both like to sort of drift to the wings and then cut inside. Um, They don't, neither of them provide a a real sort of focal point down the centre of the pitch. And I think even, you know, you've got a Ballon d'Or and someone who obviously wants to be a Ballon d'Or and a lot of people are calling the, the best player in the world at the moment. Um, that there's also a little bit of a sort of clash of egos there. I think what Giroud does brilliantly is that he he's he's very selfless. He he works works himself into the ground for the team. He fights the physical battle. He pulls defenders away to make space for the other attackers. And of course, he scores goals as well. And and Mbappe, although they've had their sort of tense moments between them in the past, Mbappe is now coming to 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 see that and has talked about how it's a joy to play off Giroud because he provides such a good role as a pivot. Um, so he might not get the the plaudits. He might not be sort of respected as as good a footballer as some of those others but what he does he does brilliantly and even in the last world cup where he didn't score any goals he was so important to the team in terms of hold up play and in terms of being the first sort of line of defense um coming back and and making clearing headers from set pieces um yeah i think he's always been a little bit underappreciated and maybe now finally with that record people are, are sort of giving him the the praise that i think he's deserved for a long time now Okay, just another update from the penalty shootout between Japan and uh, Croatia. Japan scored their third. Croatia missed their third, so it was still 2-1 to Croatia because Japan had missed their first two. Now, Japan 
have missed their fourth. So they've had three misses out of four penalties, only scoring one. And um, Croatia about to go up now for what surely should be the winner then. Um, talking about Benzema, is there any chance, Jeremy Smith, that he could still make a late appearance at this World Cup like some reports have <coughs> suggested? I think it's extremely unlikely now. Um, partly, I think that the, the sort of reports of him being back to close to full fitness are a little bit exaggerated. But even if he was, I just think it would be such a massive risk to team harmony, um, to the good dynamic that the current front four have got going for them. Um, I, I think that uh, De- Deschamps has always said that it's not necessarily about the best players, but it's about the best squads. And, and certainly in Euro 2021, there's been enough stories coming out that they weren't necessarily, there wasn't necessarily the greatest kind of team spirit. And, and the, the everything coming out of this this squad is saying that there really is a good harmony within the squads. And I just, I don't think, I think Deschamps would be mad to do anything to jeopardise that right now. And what does, what does the future hold for Deschamps after this tournament? I think it's a good question. I think it, it depends. Uh, the first thing was to to get to this stage of the tournament. As I said, some would say that anything less than a semi-final was a disappointment. I guess it would depend if they were to go out to England, how they would do it. Um, but apart from that, I think he's been there for 12 years now. I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to leave, whatever happens. But you know, I think were he to, to sort of retain the trophy, to, to go out um, as a two-time uh, World Cup winning coach would would be pretty special, um, but either way, I just I have a feeling that whatever happens, that he's going to leave now. I think, um, I think you know, there's been an, so much sort of lobbying for Zidane. I think Deschamps has kind of seen through two or three new generations of France teams. Anyway, now we're seeing a lot of those younger players who've got only a handful of caps between them beginning to get that international experience. I think it might be a good time for for Deschamps to, to hand over the reins. Okay, Jeremy, thanks for speaking to us. By the way, Croatia have beaten Japan in penalties, so they are through to the quarterfinals. Jeremy Smith, French football writer, thank you very much for your time here and all the best. Oh, how do you feel about the quarterfinal against... Oh, he's gone. Is he gone? Jeremy, how do you feel about the no, quarterfinal still, against England? Here. Sorry. I'm extremely nervous about it. I think it's <laughs> possibly the the worst the worst draw France could have had. I think they're very similar matchup of teams. There's that whole local rivalry that makes it almost like a derby. Uh, I yeah, I'm not I'm not confident at all. I, I my my guess is France will be the better team, but will somehow lose. Okay, it just sounds like the the English correspondent we spoke to also is not confident and it can't end in a draw. So <laughs> there has to be a winner. Good luck, guys. But thanks for speaking to us here in South Africa. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jeremy Smith, French football writer. So uh, congratulations then to uh, Croatia. They are through uh, to the quarterfinals. Who do they wait for now? Oh, obviously, they wait for the teams that play next. Yeah, they wait for the win of Brazil and Korea and, and, and South Korea and then that's the team that they will play um, in the quarterfinals and by the way there's been talk that Spain Spain intentionally finished second in that group behind Japan so they could avoid having to face Brazil if they get past their last 16 but obviously uh, their manager Enrique has denied that and said he would have liked to finish top and play wherever they face and next so um, Croatia now await Brazil and South Korea well done to them